This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace, offering everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. Extensive options, ease of selection, and flexibility at your fingertips help make sure your time is wonderfully spent. Viator is the place to go to book experiences that will create long-lasting moments that make lifetime memories. And Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences to choose from in over 190 countries. In in fact, just last year, Viator helped my family put together this amazing adventure on the island of Kona. Swimming with the manta rays, trying to avoid the barracudas, whatever your wildest dreams. If you can imagine it, Viator probably has an experience just for you. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in Viator's world of wonderful experiences. Viator. One site. Over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. This podcast is proudly in association with Pitch Sport Football, the app that allows you to interact with other West Ham fans, pick your starting eleven, and participate in fan time videos. This app is absolutely free, so like I've done, like Hex has done, and like thousands of other West Ham fans have done, get this downloaded if you haven't already. That's Pitch Sport Football. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. Everyone laughed when David Moyes came out with a famous quote, winning is what I do. But nobody's laughing now. Three straight wins in the Premier League, four wins in total if you include the Stockport game, and the bubbles are flying high. Tonight we review our recent form before getting an exclusive roundup from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Hamway. That's all coming up on tonight's show. Hex, I'm massively out of my comfort zone with all these points we keep picking up. I mean, I could get used to this winning lot. Two games since the last podcast, two victories, just one goal conceded in 2021, three points away from the top three. You've got to say, mate, as a West Ham fan, what a time to be alive. Mate, it's brilliant. As I've said on previous podcasts, there's a lot of doom and gloom in the world at the moment, but West Ham are providing a shining light for me right now. Um, And it's just really, really enjoyable to be a part of. You know, you could argue the football isn't necessarily the most exciting at the moment. You know, there's been days gone by where I've found West Ham more entertaining to watch, arguably. However from having had years and years so it seems certainly since we've been in the London Stadium um, of just struggling 
struggling against relegation and being a poor, like losing most games. So actually go into games now expecting us to win. Um, when we when we let in a goal, thinking it's okay, we'll 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 get another. And actually finishing off teams like West Brom and Burnley, who we should be beating, but in the past haven't. And when you look at that league table, it's great reading at the moment. So yeah, it is a great time. I mean, I thought the games against Burnley and West Brom are quite similar, actually, in terms of our performance. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're happy with the results. Are you happy with the way we played on the back of what you just said? Um, I don't, you know, I please don't want to make criticism of what we're doing at the moment uh, I would say you know when I'm watching these games I'm loving it because we're winning so that, that's the ultimate thing that I want and at the moment I will take a couple of seasons where the football might not be amazing but we're winning games because for too long in our history we've tried to play the West Ham way so to speak and not really achieved anything now I wouldn't say the football's dreadful because there's, there's times where it is it's quite exciting and we've got some great individual players. The games aren't as exciting as perhaps I've experienced in previous seasons um, and with previous teams. Um, and yes, the performances against West Brom and Burnley weren't overly convincing. I mean, I don't know if you've seen what Moyes has said today, but he said the players in the dressing room were quite quiet after the West Brom game because whilst they were happy they got the three points, they knew it wasn't the greatest of performances. But I'll tolerate that. I don't mind that for the time being. Certainly when we're not at the games, you know, it's not like we're paying to go to them. If we can just have a season like we're having now where we get the results regardless of performance and we achieve a really good position in the league, then I'll take it. So I'm not going to say I'm unhappy. They'll say, yes, it's not overly exciting, but at the moment I, I don't really care that much. Yeah, it's disappointing to hear that the boys were quite downbeat after a win. I mean, firstly, I think it shows how far we've come as a group. Yeah. Where we can where we can be disappointed after yes. a victory. I mean, I think that speaks volumes about their character That's and what they thing. expect of themselves. So I'm um, I'm all over that. That's brilliant. Secondly, they have to remember that they played a West Brom side who under Sam Allardyce will set up to be very, very difficult to break down. Yeah. You know, every Sam Allardyce side has always been the same. Sean Dice would have done it when Burnley came to West Ham. So it's two very difficult games here. And I think whenever you play a side like West Brom or Burnley, you know you're not going to get poetry. It yeah. is going to be a fight. It's about digging in. It's about trying to break that wall down and score your goals. And we've done it in both fixtures. Those should have been the objectives for both of those fixtures. And we achieved them. Yeah. So I've got absolutely no issue whatsoever. And to be quite honest, it's a breath of fresh air because for the last five years, West Ham have been consistent, but consistently shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, now we're consistently hard to beat, consistently hard to break down, consistently strong on set pieces, consistently working hard for each other and consistently picking up points. I mean, there is such a feel-good factor being a West Ham fan at the moment. I absolutely love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Please, please, please tell me that we're not going to have to replay that game because of a discrepancy over Robert fucking Snodgrass. Well, it was going to come in my section, mate. Um, so I don't know if you want me to hold it till then or leave it in for now. Um, but uh, I don't What do you want to do? I'll give a brief description and go into more detail in the section, but um, I don't think we will. No, I think had it been put into a contract, in a written contract, and had it been um, to the point where... You know, West Brom um, 
you know, it had been put in the contract. It, it was written down. They had already um, known that it, it was, um, you know, breaking the laws as such. And But yet we still put it in. Then I think we'd have been in trouble. But it it was a gentleman's agreement, inverted commas, and a gentleman's agreement you can't prove. I mean, the club are trying to say now that Allardyce just made that up. That wasn't even a gentleman's agreement. But either way, even if he did make it up or he didn't, the fact of the matter is, they can't prove it, I don't think, either way. So the fact they can't prove it either way, I think, makes it very unlikely that we would have anything done to us. It's just it's just one of those things that you don't want on our sort of reputation again, because obviously with the Tevez stuff, we've already got a bit of a reputation of those things, and it? it's just one of those things that I don't think it will affect us. But... Um, you know, it's just frustrating. The bottom line is, <clears throat> West Brom wanted to sign him. We knew that we were playing him in a couple of weeks, so we probably said to him, look, we're not going to do any deals with you um, unless you agree um, not to play him in the game against us or we'll just wait till we've played that game, then we'll do the deal. And West Brom probably said, all right then, but we've got a game before that. We want to get him involved in that. So, We'll agree to not play him in your game. And West Ham probably said, all right, then, yeah, that, OK, we'll do that then. If West Brom had picked him, there's nothing West Ham could have done. But they didn't. So I don't, I don't think anything will happen. Yeah, I, I can't see the issue with it at all. Can't see the issue with it at all. I can't understand what the issue would be from a legal standpoint, to be quite honest with you. If, if that's what's been agreed verbally, then it's, it's up to the manager, i.e. Sam Allardyce, to make that decision. Now, obviously, he made the decision which worked in our favour, and if that was a gentleman's agreement and he stuck to it, then fair play. But otherwise, I don't know why the, the, the governing bodies are busy themselves. I can't see any issue with it. But I'll tell you what, though, X, wouldn't it be so fucking West Ham oh, for yeah. that to be an issue and then us to fucking replay the game and then as sure as shit, we lose that game and then, and then our season just spirals out of control and it all goes tits up. That's why I'm worried about <laughs> it. I'm not worried about it for the actual like what's happened. I'm just worried about it because it's associated with West Ham because you always expect these things to happen. I mean, the problem is, is that it is a written law in in transfers and people have highlighted what law it is that you can't dictate whether a club can play a player. I think it counts as some like third party, party ownership or something like that, but you can't dictate it. So you can't say to a club, right, you cannot play this player in this game. If it's a loan agreement, right, the player can't, it's accepted the player, it's in the rules, the player can't play against his parent club. There's obvious reasons for that because if you've got a, a player that you might have just sent out on loan for fitness reasons, but you know you're going to be playing long term if you're playing in a, you know, a relegation battle against each other or a cup final against against each other, you could arguably say to that player, let's say it was a goalkeeper, you know, play crap today and um, and then we'll win the cup. And that obviously could constitute as match fixing and so on. So I understand why loan agreements, you can't do that. In this situation, I don't know, um, I can't remember exact law it is, but there is a rule that says you cannot do that. So if, like I said, if we'd had it in written down, that they were not to play him, then we could have been in trouble. But the bottom line is as well, the Premier League have to approve all transfers now. So if they had written that down, they mm. would have said, you, you can't do that. 
So that can't happen. So they would have stopped it before it even happened. So I think what the club, what West Ham are saying is Allardyce, um, whether there was one or not, Allardyce shouldn't have said it. He could have picked him if he wanted to. Um, and that's it. And there's nothing to prove that we enforced that. So I think we're fine. But as you say, because it's West Ham, you never know. Expect the unexpected, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it's very true. I understand you, you've explained that really well. And I think the bottom line is it comes down to there's nothing to prove that. So it's word of mouth. And I don't think you can punish anyone on word of mouth, can you, in this day and age? And secondly, would the Premier League want the embarrassment of saying, well, actually, it's on us because we had the responsibility to check this? I don't think they would. So I think we're out of the woods on that one. Well, let's keep everything crossed that we are anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I want to ask you about Pablo Fornells because... He was dropped quite harshly, in my opinion, last night after he played really well against Burnley. Yeah. What was the reason for this, considering Moyes seems to be a big fan of his? Do you know? I think it was just to freshen it up a bit. Obviously, Fornells has played the majority of the games this season. Lanzini came on um, against Burnley and, and was actually OK in that game. I wouldn't say it was amazing, but he was all right. So he probably... We thought, right, this is my chance to fresher give four hours a bit of a, um, a rest and also to reward Lanzini for playing well. But I actually thought Lanzini was ineffective again against mm. West Brom and we were much better when Fornells came on for him. So it's really sad, but I just don't think Lanzini is the same player he was. And, it, and I don't like to say that because I loved him when he was at his peak um, for us. But uh, to be honest with you, Yes, he scored that worldie against Tottenham, which will always, you know, be in our memories of being an amazing moment. Aside from that, what what has he really done in the last two or three years? And, you know, I, I think for me now, I would rather Fornells was in that team than Lanzini, which I never thought I would say, but I would I do now. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, again, you know, we don't know what he's doing on a training pitch. Maybe he's doing something spectacular there. It does seem now that for the first time in a long time, he is fully fit and ready to play and still has that spark. I still think he's, he's got that something about him where he wants to be on that pitch. He wants to compete and he wants to make a difference. Yeah. But I just think it doesn't impact the game enough. And that's, that's the problem. That is the problem. Yeah. One man that we have to talk about, because I loved him after his debut against Leicester, and I love him even more now, and that's Vladimir Shufel. Yeah, yeah. An incredible bit of recruitment for just £5 million. What makes him such a good player, in your opinion? Um, yeah, I'm really, really fond of him, mate. Like, he's got that. He reminds me of, like, old school fullbacks for West Ham. He reminds me of, like, mm. you know, your Tim Breakers, your um, Thomas Rutgers. Um People like that. He reminds me of them. Like, just very, very solid. Defensively, very, very sound. You never really see a winger take the piss out of him or skin him or get past him. I like the fact he's strong in the tackle. I like the fact he doesn't go down very easily. You know, when he gets a crunching tackle, he tries to get up. He's obviously got a good cross on him. Um, I think he's got the most assists in twenty. 21 or so. I saw some statistic about defenders and he was at the top of the assist for something. So he's got that. Um, he gets up and down the flank well. He's a real, real likeable character from what I know of him. Obviously, I've never met him, but in terms of what you hear around the training ground and on the around the team and also from what you can pick up from like I don't know, social media and things like that, he seems a really likeable fella. And I 
for five million, mate. I mean, this is this is what I, we, you and I have said continuously on this podcast: is mm. that you don't have to spend thirty million every time if you can get the right player for the right price. It, it's they're out there. You've but you've all. Also got to look for the right mentality as well. Now we've had Dave Hunt on, who was head of recruitment for the academy for many years, and brought in Declan Rice amongst most of the other players. Um, and he always says that's alongside obviously talent. That is the next thing he looks for is the mentality of the person, the desire, the work rate, and so on. And I think Vladimir Kufal's got that. Shufal, sorry, has got that. And alongside Suchek, you know, we got the two of them for around about twenty million. You know, and I think having signed both of them, they are huge factors in oh, our um, progression. Massive, absolutely massive. Um, two fantastic signings there, and um, you know, along with Jared Bowen as well, it was an absolute workhorse. It just goes to show, doesn't it, that if you've already got a good core of players there, you add to that, and suddenly you've got a team. And that's what makes a difference now. You know, yes, we've got a great gaffer who's doing everything right at the moment, and we've spoke about him on countless amount of occasions uh, this season. But the team itself, they all want to play for each other. They're all professional, and they graft. They graft, they graft, they graft. And um, it's an absolute pleasure to watch Shufal play. Uh, I mean, uh, again, I think he's comfortable in the final third as well. And that that's, um, that's really refreshing as well. When he's on the ball, when he's getting forward, I trust him to put a decent ball in the box. When that's so yeah. important for uh, for a fullback, that in my opinion, you know, Chris has got a great delivery on him as well. Well, um, this but is it. Well, this is it then, mate. And this is why I, I, I'm going to mention someone's name again, which I said I would never ever mention again. <laughs> but I have, to for the, I have to for the context of this, right? So you've just said that Shafal's Sh- uh, got a good cross on him. You've just said that Cresswell's got a good cross on him. That's our two fullbacks, right? Yet the myth was there was no service. And um, again, both our goals yesterday um, came from crosses into the box. Um, and Antonio's one. Well. Um, you know, Antonio's goal was not an easy one, and that was a sort of half chance that he made into a goal. And th- and this is what my whole issue always was that the 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 phrase was there was no service, but how can Antonio continuously score? And also, the stat is every single one of Antonio's goals for West Ham has came in the box. You know, yeah. so that must be that there's service there because the ball has to get in the box somehow. Yes, there's probably a few where he's picked up the ball and ran it in there, but the majority must have come from crosses. So that was always my point. But anyway, let's move on. Let's not dwell on that. But he, yeah, Vladimir's got to be a contender for Hammer of the Year, got to be. And actually, if I pick my favourite players at the moment, He's he's definitely up there. I, I never like to have favourite players. I think that's possibly the sort of thing you do when you're a kid, and that. So apologies to those that do it still as adults. But obviously, you have, players, <laughs> you, know, you, have, you have players that you prefer over others. But I tend mm. to sort of not really have a favourite player as such. But if I was to pick one, then he is definitely up there for uh, for numerous reasons, and I, I think is uh is been a breath of fresh air. Oh, without question, and. And again, this is in context, and you've just touched upon him there. We've got to go into a little bit more detail as just to how good it is to have Antonio back. He makes yeah. all the difference, X, doesn't he? Oh, massively, mate. And whether it be because he fits the system or or what, it is. It is so much better with him 
being around because you know when the ball's in the box or when the ball there's chances he's going to be around scoring let me know he's going to work hard he works his fucking ass off every single interview he does at the end the steam coming off him you know Colton Cole-esque it's like <laughs> steam everywhere sweat everywhere he's got mm. a, he's got a great personality as well like really upbeat yeah. and really lifts it and I know people said about Alaire it was just his on-pitch persona and yes they were right because off the pitch apparently he was a really nice guy a really good laugh but it it does help if you see someone you're your winger you're your midfielder or whatever you look up and you see Alaire giving you the body language he was giving and then you see Antonio running smiling chatting like winding fullback the defenders up it just picks you up more it really really does and I I can't say enough good words about him. He's gone from, you know, being on the fringes of us wanting him to be sold. A couple of years ago, when, like, Palace were interested in stuff, to now being as key as someone like Declan Rice, if not more key, because with Declan, obviously a world-class player, in my opinion, um, but you, we have... Yeah, okay, people would say Noble isn't a replacement for him, but... you could probably get by without Declan for a game or two. But with Antonio, we literally could not. We need him so much. Mm, we do. We heavily rely on him. And if I heard it right last night, I think he's now moved to joint third as our yeah. all-time uh, Premier League goal scorer, uh, level with Colton Cole on 41, I believe. And he's now only behind Mark Noble and Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. And uh, hey, yeah, I, I can't speak penalties, it? We don't take penalties either. Have you think Mark Noble's largely up there for penalties um, yeah. and you think um, Di Canio took penalties for us as well I know Carlton Cole didn't but I know Antonio's took a penalty for us against Norwich um, I have it on good authority he won't be the penalty taker if a penalty, if we ever if we ever get one so he's going to have to get um, even if Noble's not on the pitch I mean so if he if he's going to get one uh, if we get a penalty ever, because obviously we haven't had one all season, um, then he won't be taking it. So he's achieved it on goals itself. Do you know who will take them? I do. Yeah, but that is also one of the questions coming later. So is it? I uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll, okay. I'll leave it to, to, to then. Yeah, no problem at all. Ben Rama is a few games in now. How do you think he's doing? Um, I would say I like him. I think he's got talent. I think he's skillful. I think he's our most unpredictable player. And I think every squad needs a player that is unpredictable, particularly either in midfield or up front, where you can bring them on and the opposition don't exactly know what you're going to get. I like his directness, that he runs at people. I think he's skillful. Um, I do agree with Moyes that there's something not quite at Premier League level at the moment. And maybe it is decision-making or distribution or something. There's something that's not quite there yet, but I think he's got the makings of a very, very good player. You know, if you remember when, I know it's not that comparable, but if you remember when Cristiano Ronaldo first played for Manchester United, I'm not saying he's in the same league as him in terms of skills and stuff, but he was a bit like that, really skillful, really direct, and could obviously... um, you know, do things on the pitch. Uh, but there was, it was just a bit raw. It just didn't quite have the impact he could have. And then, obviously, years under Ferguson and uh, great teams like Manchester United and Real Madrid and Juventus and so on, he's become 
the player he's become. Um, and I think Ben Ramos, I'm not saying he's going to get to those heights, but I think he needs... I, I, want us to sign him. I know we, we probably will because there's an obligation to unless there's a real discrepancy with his medical again. I want us to sign him because I think next year he'll be even more effective than he possibly is right now. Yeah, I really like him. Like you, I really like him. Skillful, enthusiastic, great agility, a pleasure to watch, but I do want to see more of an end product from him. I think it's as simple as that. I do want to see more goals and more assists. I mean, let's remember, he is new to the Premier League. So like you say, it, it, it could take him time. And I think he's got all the attributes to get him there. But in the medium to long term, we do need to see uh, an end product from him. And uh, look, I don't want people to take this the wrong way because we are winning games. And in the final third, we are working so hard. But I do think, generally speaking, we do sometimes lack that bit of quality with our final ball yeah. in the final third. I mean... Bowen and full nails as well. Um, certain balls they either don't spot or they don't spot them quick enough. I mean, listen, I love Jared Bowen. I've got to be his biggest fan. But like full nails, sometimes there is a question mark over his decision making, I think. But as far as I'm concerned, that's all that's missing from their game. You know, I absolutely love him. And again, I'm sure he'll grow into this division and become even better with experience, you know. Mm, but um, well, he's only 23, I think. So well, exactly. His shoulders too. Um, so exactly. yeah, he's the most he's the most like Pie out of any player we've had. I would say since then. Oh yeah, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I mean his his control is different class. And one thing yeah. that I think is key with him is his agility. And I've said this before, and I think every West Ham fans probably noticed it. His ability to nick himself a yard or two mm. in a split second is absolutely incredible. Now, all he has to do is be in the right place at the right time when he nicks that bit of space to then be in a position where he either shoots or he even spots a pass to get an assist. It's as simple as that because he has got the ability. There's no two ways about it, but we do need to see an end product from him. And If it's a slight worry that I've got at the moment, I look at Ben Rama, I look at Lanzini, I look at Full Nails, bit harsh on Jared Bowen, I think, to include him at this stage, even though there is a slight question mark over his decision-making. But all of those players I previously mentioned are all in the final third and we do rely on for goals and assists. I think there is a slight concern over their final ball at the moment. And I don't yeah. want to be negative because at the moment, I think collectively as a group, they're fucking smashing it. But I yeah. think if they can get that right, fucking hell, where's that going to take us? You know? 100%, mate. And this is what's exciting because if you remember... This is a long time ago now, but if you remember when Moyes and Everton were at their peak together, yeah, if you try and think back, and I can't claim to be an expert of these players then, but it reminds me a little bit of what he had at Everton. You know, he had a, he had someone that would score goals uh, at times. Yeah, like Jelovic or Yakubu or players like that. You had that one player that would score the goals for them. And then they had midfielders like Pinar and Osman and... Mm. Um, a few others like that, that and it is Fellaini and stuff and, and, it, and all of the players that we have I seem to be a little bit like that that just need a bit like have got a lot of talent there they just need to start you know they just need to be trained a little bit more as in how to be most effective in the system but I think they've all got huge potential the, the fact that we're sitting in the league position that we are sitting in um they're all contributing um and i do believe that 
we uh, we can maintain this uh, barring injuries. Um, and I think what is good as well. Now, I, believe me, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to defend the board at all because I'm not. Because given my, my choice, they would certainly sign a forward 100% and they would certainly sign maybe another central midfielder. Um, but one benefit of having a small squad, which we do have, is that you are able to keep players happy. If you look at that first team, yeah, or, or the squads and the subs bench, realistically, probably the only player, two players maybe, that are getting really frustrated, I would say, is probably Diop, because he's like, you know, what, fourth or fifth choice centre-back now, and mm. maybe Yarmolenko, because Yarmolenko probably thinks he should start more games. But other than that, you know, maybe, noble but I don't think he's the sort of person um, there's no one that's going to be sitting there thinking this is not right, this is not right everyone's got a part to play in that squad that should have a part to play and I think that can sometimes keep morale up and it's like why Greece for example were able to win the Euros when they did um, because they didn't have a team full of star players that you know where you had star players sitting on the bench and being unhappy, everyone was pulling together, and I think that is a something to potentially be considered. Yeah, I think you've made some really good points there, mate. Really good points, and I, I couldn't agree more. Great mm. shout, great shout. Mm. But another great win last night, and we asked our patrons who they thought was man of the match. In fifth place was Declan Rice. Uh, very closely, fourth place was Aaron Creswell. Third place was Jared Bowen. Second place was Vladimir Shufal. And first place, quite convincingly, was Mikel Antonio. Any arguments from you, Derek? No, I don't think so. I think that's probably right. I mean, you could possibly argue that, uh, as people have tried to, that uh, um, Shufal was man of the match. But I think Antonio gets it because obviously he scored and sort of go out of nothing. But he, he you just see how much he brings to the team away from that. You know, you think of that run, for example, where he was just bulldozing a few people. <laughs> yeah. It's that sort of stuff. You, uh, and, you know, that just inspires the, the players around you when you've got someone running and working and bouncing people off them like that. Um, and I think Cresswell, like you said, Cresswell was fourth, wasn't he? I thought he played well. I think mm. he's our most improved player this season. Yeah. Uh, who was third, sorry? Jared Bowen. Yeah, yeah. I thought he played well. Obviously, a great finish. I couldn't tell you the last time a West Ham player scored with their chest. And, you know, you and I like chests, but uh, not quite of that kind. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, he um, actually score from one was amazing. Very good ch- uh, quickness of thought to be able to do that. Because Chabelle uh, did pelt that in at him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would probably say that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And that's the great thing about what the Patreon man the match thing we do it after every single game it's like a, a tradition now and I always think it's really really accurate because they don't it doesn't I never look at that and think oh god no I don't agree with that it's a real good representation of who actually was the man of the match really it is it is well that 2-1 win also done me wonders in the West Ham Way Premier League predictions competition yeah. getting me 80 points. Uh, I'm now sitting 106 and my good friend X is 154th 123 points behind I might add. As for the West Ham Way Fantasy Football League 
don't know, don't care. It's... <laughs> shop. Because what is actually happening is that I'm battering him. So, well, if this was the other way around, if this was uh, the predictions league that I was battering him and the oh. league fantasy, you'd be hearing all about it. <laughs> I no surprise. Checked. I don't know if you have. I mean, funny enough. I didn't check it last week, and I actually beat you that week. So I know, uh, you know, overall, there's quite a substantial distance between us. But now we all we all know, mate. We all know. All eyes are on the Premier League predictions competition. I won it last season. Looks like I'm going to do the same again. This is the one everyone's interested in, you know. So uh, no, I'm I'm happy to gloss over the fantasy football league, mate. With your, I've got 109, 109 points in fantasy this week, um, and that's and that's without um, some of my players still playing. I got twenty seven points from John Stones. What a signing! I got eighteen points from Antonio, who I also signed that week. What a signing! You know, it's a uh, it's um, yeah, it's a shame you won't talk about the more skillful. Yeah, well, I, mate, I've got to say it's impressive, but it's what I expect for someone that's been playing it for 74 years now. So, <laughs> I've been playing it almost double my life. That is impressive. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> from, the, from my mum's womb, I've been playing it. You know, making decisions on Georgie Best and Stanley <laughs> Matthews and, you know, all the likes. <laughs> well, listen, X, are you sitting down? Uh, yes, I don't like the sounds of this. No, listen, I'm pleased you're sitting down because you're gonna to have to strap yourself in. Tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Come on. Hit me. Yes. <laughs> it's back. Oh my word, my balls are ringing with delight. The jingle bells, <laughs> like, you know those like those things you get on an office table. You know those balls that bang side to side. That is exactly yeah. what's happening right now. <laughs> Just with two and not four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. But X, spoiler alert, mate. There are still some geezers out there walking around with airy bollocks. It's unbelievable. But listen, don't be daft. Look after your shaft. <laughs> Before your missus starts to disapprove, make that fucking nutsack nice and smooth. <laughs> because if she fancies going down south, this will be kinder to her mouth. <laughs> Step in to 2021 with the tree standing taller than ever and shave your boys because the perfect package 3.0 is the below the waist grooming package you need to start off strong this year. Inside the perfect package, you'll find their lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best mates. It's also time to freshen up down there. The crop preserver is an anti-chafing bollock deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why are you not putting deodorant on your cobblers? <laughs> and for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Bollock Toner Spray. <laughs> Start the new year being besties with your testes, thanks to Manscaped. The Perfect Package 3.0 has a few different ways for you to smell and feel good. And speaking of smelling good, have you heard of Manscaped's new refined cologne? I have not. Well, with the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh, 
and ready for anything. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Talk about comfort. <laughs> the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included Ooh. and will bring your underwear game to the next level. And to be fair, they are fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah, I can vouch for that. Oh, you wear them, you don't even know you got them on. They are the fucking nuts, pardon the pun. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WESTAM at manscaped.com. Lads, get some of this stock for your cock and walk <laughs> around knowing full well that your new nutsack is going to bring sexy back. Remember, <laughs> manscaped.com with the code WESTAM for 20% off and free shipping. Talking to cocks. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way Podcast Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise and behind the scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.